Praise the Lord, everyone out there in podcast land. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods, and we're here with you one more time with the Revelation Revolution. We are, uh, today is uh, May 9th, uh, 2020, and we are so glad to uh, be with all of you again today. Uh, We have a lot of stuff going on in the world and in our country with this COVID-19, and so we're just going to to give some reflections and some encouragement as we continue our study in the book of the Revelation and other end time eschatological uh, topics. And so uh, don't touch that dial. Stay with us for the next however long it takes me to get my podcast done. <laughs> You guys know I be going long. I don't. I. I. It is. I'm. I'm gonna endeavor not to be on two hours. You know, cause I. I, I be feeling bad. You know. I. I have you on so long on my podcast, and you know. But but some people enjoy it. You know, cause I. I. I kind of go there uh, at times. You know, and just as the spirit leads. But I just need to make this announcement first. You have just entered another exciting episode of the Revolution. Revelation, revolution. Praise God, praise God. You know, uh, we're going to cover some great topics tonight. We're going to be talking about the mystery of prophetic fulfillment. And uh, I want to also talk to you about the three angels of Revelation 14. That's going to be interesting. And um, uh, then we're going to also... I'll go through Revelation 21 and 22. I've got a reason why I want to uh, go there. But let's just deal with where we at, where we are at in this great country and in the world right now. Many have asked. Is COVID-19 a judgment of God on the world? I think the even more relevant, impactful question is, is, is what we are experiencing now, is it prophetically or in an eschatological sense biblically significant I think that's a better question to ask I think there are some interesting aspects of COVID-19 
that we should consider. You know, uh, those of you that have been following me anytime, you know, I did a COVID-19 debunking this 5G conspiracy with some quack on the internet he never said his name he never did he didn't nobody know who he was you didn't know who he was he he was anonymous he was giving this speech and he was basically saying that the COVID-19 pandemic was actually not a virus but the human beings response to 5G signals that are being emanated around and uh, emanated in certain countries in the world and you would be surprised on how many people have texted me called me asked me in person actually asked me what did i think about the 5g thing and i always take them tell them to go to my podcast i do a complete debunking of the entire thing but it was just a few things that uh, the man was saying uh, one of the things he was saying was that since Russia had not rolled out 5G there were no cases in Russia which is a com- which is a complete lie uh, I-, I know this guy if he wasn't a just a just a deceiver and a liar in the first place wish he could withdraw that one because they're having problems over in Russia a lot of people have died they're concerned they're quarantining in Russia and everything and so this is why we have to ladies and gentlemen understand what the Bible teaches and another thing about this uh, COVID-19 conspiracy theory was is that the vaccine that they were going to come out with they were actually going to slip a chip in the vaccine, which was which would actually be the mark of the beast. Just complete poppycock. But the reason why this folly, stupidity resonated with so many people. And I'm talking about not people who don't believe in God, not people who don't read the Bible, not people that are not saved. People that are, but these are people that are going to church every Sunday, read their Bibles. People, people like that were asking me these questions. But that's because there is so much ignorance about end time prophecy. There's so much ignorance to it, ladies and gentlemen, or about it. Pastors simply do not teach it. But there's a couple of reasons for that. You can't teach what you don't know, number one. Number two, it takes a lot of training in these subjects. You can either uh, uh, get it through seminary. If you go to seminary, you you then you pick up a certain eschatological construct like uh, uh dispensationalism or premillennialism or postmillennialism or amillennialism or being a preterist or historic preterist or historic premillennialist I mean the list goes on and on there's all kind of things that and all kind of constructs where you can kind of get bogged down in the details what I recommend is, is since there is a blessing in the book of Revelation, for those who read it, is that you read it for yourself. Just 
read the book. Don't worry about trying to understand everything. Just read it. Let it get in your spirit. Let it get in. Because this is where a lot of the ignorance is coming from. It's coming from, ladies and gentlemen, your, your pa- a lot of pastors are just simply not going to teach on this. And, and, and undoubtedly, inevitably, there are going to be those who come back to church when the churches are opened up back in this country. For the most part, I live in Illinois. I, we don't know when that'll be, especially big churches that have more than 100 people or stuff like that. I, we have no idea when that's going to be. There's five phases of letting people's stuff open back up. And I think phase five is where they come out with a vaccine before they let any big inside meetings occur again a lot of the churches that in Chicago there there are many churches that have over 100 people many there's a lot of them that don't but there's many of them that do and so uh, inevitably people are going to come back to the churches they're going to be asking your pastors well what does the Bible say about all this what is it how does all of this factor in so and I think that's going to be a relevant question. And pastors are going to have to be ready for that. And those pastors that are not ready for it, God has people like me in the earth realm who can who will talk to you about these subjects. So this is why I tell everybody. And listen, I don't know everything. I, I, I tell some of my students, I am not an expert on the book of Revelation. I'm not an expert on this or that. I, 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 I don't consider myself as that I didn't say I don't know anything I just said I don't consider myself to be that now if someone else thinks that of me that's them thinking that of me I am not putting myself out there as I'm the revelation know-it-all I'm not doing that but it's important that we understand uh, where we are today you know here's some interesting statistics Right now in the United States, there are 79,645 people dead from this virus. Okay? There are 1,340,000 and change cases of COVID-19 in the United States. All right? Right now in the world, there are approximately 4 million cases of COVID-19 in the world. 245,000, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, 245,000 cases in the United States alone excuse me there are 1,340,000 cases in the United States alone That is a lot, ladies and gentlemen. 
1,340,000 cases in the United States is roughly 33.48% of the cases in the world are in America. Okay? 79,000 people in America have died. 245,000 people in the world have died. That means America has 32% of the deaths in the world are right here. The United States only makes up 4.2% of the population in the world. So, so let's, 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 let's ruminate on that a little bit. Let's go over this again. 4 million cases in the world. Okay. 1.34 million cases in the United States. That makes up 33.48% of the cases in the world are in America. But America only makes up 4.2% of the world's population with 329 million people. Okay? There are 245,000 people in the world that have died. But 79,000 645 of those cases are in America making up 32%. That's a third of the deaths on this planet are right here. A third of the infections in the world are right here in America. Now that should be alarming. And the reason why this epidemic is of biblical proportions is because of this. When you look at the book of the Revelation, let's look at uh, Revelation chapter... Chapter 8. Revelation chapter 7, rather. Chapter 8, rather. Excuse me. It says, chapter 8, verse 7. It says, the first angel sounded. These are the, these are the four, the seven trumpeters. The angelic trumpets that, were the, that blow and where all these uh, things begin to happen on the earth. Okay? Verse number 7. It says, the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast on the earth and a third part of trees was burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. The second angel sounded and there, there was a great mountain burning with fire cast into the sea and a third part of the sea became blood and a third part of the creatures that were in it that, that had life died and a third part of the ships were destroyed. Now I'm not going to read through all of the trumpets but 
I wanted you to pick up a common theme about the church trumpets. These are judgments or calamities that hit the earth in thirds. One third of the world's population right now has been impacted by COVID-19. You got a third of the nations in the world practicing social distancing. You have one third of the cases in the world are in the United States with one third of the deaths on the whole planet, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to think about that. This isn't some joke. This isn't some 5G conspiracy. This isn't, oh, it's going to come and just go away and we're all going to just be the better for it. It's all hogwash. And to my white brothers and sisters, my white evangelical, I'm African American, my white evangelical uh, Protestant Christians, my white brothers and sisters, Please do not buy into the narrative that this is a Latino and a black people's disease or thing. Because there ain't many black people in Russia. Ain't a whole lot much of black people in Italy. France has some, but these countries that are European, that are getting hit too. So please do not buy into that narrative. This is hitting people, glory to God, indiscriminately. And right when people begin to play the race card and all of that stuff, that's when it ends up coming to your community. And so I just caution us all. To come together in love and be supportive one of another and let's not turn on one another and make this a racialized epidemic oh it's just killing the blacks and the latinos uh, we're fine over here okay if you take that approach it's going to have consequences Don't believe the hype. Prophetic fulfillment, ladies and gentlemen, is a very mysterious thing. One of the uh, concepts of prophetic fulfillment is called the law of double reference. The law of double reference is a prophecy could have a local meaning in a historical grammatical a grammatical historical context as well as have a futuristic meaning at the same time. For example, when Jesus in Matthew 25, 15, 14 to 15, he talks about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Well, he's looking back at a historic event Antiochus Epiphanes but Antiochus Epiphanes becomes a type of something that's going to happen in the future there's a double reference there it was historic and futuristic at the same time example all your messianic psalms 
there's a double reference there. David in Psalm 22 opens up, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Well, David was going through at the time. May not have realized that these were going to be the exact words that Jesus said on the cross. Hundreds of years later. There's a double reference. So prophecy, and that's just one of the rules about prophecy. Prophecy has some very mysterious aspects to it. I want to share a testimony with you. This is something that happened to me. Those of you that know anything about me, I'm, I'm fairly conservative when it comes to um, supernatural gifts and things like that. I am not one, I am not a sensationist. A cessationist. A cessationist means that they believe all the spiritual gifts cease when the canon of the scriptures were completed and they use 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to justify that saying when that which is perfect is coming and that which is done in part should be done away with. In other words, when the Bible is done, completed, then there's no more need for quote-unquote prophets and miracles and the sign and power gifts like tongues and sign gifts, tongues and all of that. Uh, power gifts and like miracles and all these other things that that all went away with. Listen, and a lot of them teach that God doesn't speak to anybody today. He only speaks through the scriptures. Well, I've always said when it comes to that, if that's your testimony that God has never spoken to you, I believe you. I, listen, I don't have no problem whatsoever with you telling me God has never spoken to you. Subjectively, you can say that. But you cannot say tell, to me, God has not spoken to me because he has. I have a relationship with my father. He speaks to me. Sometimes that's not an audible voice. And I sit down and I talk to him like, I, like I'm doing to you right now. But there is an inner witness. There is, there is a, 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 a movement of the Holy Spirit. He convicts me. He can irk, encourages me. The Bible says uh, 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 the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, there's things and there's times in Acts where the Holy Spirit told Paul and them, don't go over into Asia. The Bible said the Holy Spirit spoke to them and told them, don't go over there. God has a relationship with his people, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Just metaphorical. This stuff really does happen. Uh, the, I, I, I own a social service agency called Couples Mentoring Service. God spoke that business to me. Gave me the name for it and everything. Told me when to start it. My publishing company, Life the Legacy, the same way God gave me the name of that. As a matter of fact, my 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 ministry, my 501c3 a ministry, Power of the Holy Ghost Deliverance Ministry, PhD Ministries, God spoke that ministry to me in the 80s, years before I even started it. And, and officially to into in 2000 
So if you're one of those people that say, I, I know because John MacArthur, the whole bunch of evangelicals, Baptists and evangelicals, everybody talks that God don't stop speak to nobody today. Uh, he only speaks through the word of God. Well, if that's your testimony, that's fine. I'm not changing my testimony to accommodate somebody else's theology. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to sit there and bite my tongue and then lie and say God has never spoke to me. I'm not going to do that. So if the God has never spoke to you, that's fine. I, I believe you. You know, if you, that's, that's your testimony. You have never heard the voice of God. The God has never spoken in your spirit. I'm not talking about an audio voice like you're hearing mine. But that inner witness voice of God has never spoken to you. But that's your business. But this is something that happened to me, ladies and gentlemen. And it ties right into what we're going to be talking about tonight. Prophetic fulfillment. I was at a friend's prayer. I was invited to a prayer breakfast. A ministerial friend of mine. And there were several people there. About, well, it was a small group, maybe about 30 people. And so the table I was sitting at, I was sitting with another minister friend of mine. We were sitting at the table. We were eating our breakfast. And so these other people came in, these other two ministers. Uh, one sat on the other side of me and the one sat across from me. The one that sat across from me, you know, he, you know how sometimes you look at people and say, "It's kind of strange. Something strange about this guy." You know, you know, you know. We're humans. I mean, we make judgments on the outer appearance. Appearance, you know. I'm, I, I ain't God, right? I look on the outside. You know, sometimes people just strike you as strange. I, I wasn't disrespectful, unfriendly, or nothing. We didn't have much conversation between ourselves because I was talking to the people on the on either side of me. The guy that came with me, then it was another guy that, that we were talking, and the uh, the guy on, on my right side came with the guy that was sitting across from me. He just struck me as a little strange, that's all. So I'm sitting there eating my breakfast. And all of a sudden the guy said, God told me to tell you He's about to bless you and it's going to be big. Then it was a, then he paused and then he said, In three days you're going to be signing a contract. I looked at him. I kept eating my bread. Okay, well, you know, praise God. You know, right? we, 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 we didn't even talk much after that other than probably goodbye or whatever. You know, I, I didn't gain no conversation. Oh, man, God told you that and all that. You know, because I don't be trying to entertain. I, I'm really not one to entertain that stuff. I am very, very leery of anybody that's called the, that, 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 that uh, has prophecies or even calls himself a prophet. And I'm not one of those that's saying there are no prophets today. I can't say that. Who am I? I'm just Dennis Woods. How in, the, how in the world am I gonna say what there is not in the body of Christ? How, who am I qualified? I'm qualified to say that. I don't care what theological position you have. You can't say certain things. You know, you may not have seen the prophet, uh, all of that, but or 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 and then and then you have people that God will just give a word to give to you sometimes, and 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 it doesn't necessarily have to carry the word prophet. I don't know if this guy carried the word prophet. He had a minister's collar on. I wasn't talking to him. The man just said it. So I came home. I told my wife about it. So now talking about prophetic fulfillment because I'm going somewhere with this. So what happens? Well, once I heard that my mind is spinning. Hmm, if this really of God, in three days we're going to be signing some big contract. 
Well, in the business I'm in, couples mentioned youth and family services, we deal with contracts. We deal with referrals. In my book publishing company, we deal with contracts, book contracts. People call us. So I was telling my wife, man, maybe some big contracts are going to come by and someone's going to call us and need to uh, uh, publish a book and order up a million copies or something. You know, I, you know, you, you know, once you once you get a prophecy like that, you, you, you know, your mind is going. Now, let me just put this footnote in. I just wrote a book on called Counterfeit Charisma, the Age of False Prophets. Ladies and gentlemen, I realize you have many, many people that are walking around calling themselves prophets that are doing not, but are nothing but liars they are liars in Jesus name they're going to stand before God and give account Jesus says on that day many will say Lord Lord have we not prophesied in our name he said I depart from me you Nick workers of iniquity I never knew you so I know there's people out there like that Jesus said in the last days there will be many false prophets and you got a whole bunch of them that's all over the planet they're all over the place especially Africa and and and, and uh, America and Asia and Korea, these people are coming out of out of the woodworks. They're all over the place, especially in America. They're all over the place. People walk around. You see them on the internet all the time. Prophesying about getting a house or something. I do not go for that foolishness. I just wrote a book on this. How these people are really using divination techniques and call it a prophecy. So I'm the last one who is going to give any credence to that foolishness because that's exactly what it is. However, I didn't ask this guy to tell me that. I wasn't in no line, uh, lining up to go to some to get some kind of word and then drop an offer, some money in an offering plate and getting a hundred dollar line. To I was at a prayer breakfast, minding my own business, not even talking to this guy. And the guy broke in and said, "God told me to tell you." That's how this happened. If it would have been a prophetic conference, I wouldn't have even went to it because I don't go for that stuff. I'm just one of them kind of people. I don't. Again, let me emphasize though. I'm not saying they're not real prophets. Because if there's false prophets, the, the implication, if there's false ones running around, the implication is there's, got, there's probably some real ones. Okay? If there's false ones. But anyway, we don't have to get stuck there. So I come home, I tell, me why, I tell my wife, oh baby, you know, we got this, this, this guy said, okay, we'll see. So when the third day got here, nine o'clock, no phone calls, no contracts. Ten o'clock, no phone calls, no contracts. One, two, three, no book contracts, nothing. We're sitting down at the dinner table and said, baby, that's you know, you got these prophets out here. They ought to be shaming themselves talking about, you know, they prophesy what God done said. That's why you test all things. Be like the Bereans. If somebody say God said something or somebody said it in the word, make them show you in the Bible. Make them, let's prove it. And see, this guy, this guy said something that was easy to disprove because he said in three days. Three days he said it. Okay. So we're sitting down at the dinner table eating. This is six. Six o'clock goes by. Seven o'clock goes by. By 7.30, the doorbell rings. I go to them, who's coming to my house? You know, you know, don't nobody come to my house unless I invite them. You, you, you know, my doorbell ringing without me expecting it is is rare occurrence. Okay. I don't just have people walking up and ringing my doorbell. If you come into my house, I know you coming. Oh, you ain't get dead. So 
what happened was a few weeks before this whole thing happened with the prayer breakfast there was a a rainstorm and it had there was some hail and all that that happened so this guy came to our house from this company he was going throughout the neighborhood from this company that represents these roof replacement people what they do is they do the free estimates they'll go up on your roof see if there was any storm damage and if there was you could you know they'll help you put in the claim through your insurance well we we, we had a leak we, we had we were having problems with our roof we you know, leak is in our garage and stuff like that so he said well maybe it is from this and so we went on and I, I let the guy in he told us about how they work and how they do this and it doesn't cost us any money or anything like that and so uh um you know i said well you guys can write me so okay that's fine he said so if we'll fill out this paperwork you know he says not not a big thing and, and and so he you know he gave me a pen he said just sign right here you know and that that allows us you know to represent you and things like that and so he left and i closed the door you know we don't say oh good baby maybe we get our roof fixed and all of that and all of a sudden my wife said dennis she said you just signed a contract and my mouth hit the floor. I said, oh my God, you are right. That was a contract. In three days, just like that man said. Now here's the interesting thing. This could not have been known by any human being on the planet. Because the person that came to my house had no association with my neighborhood, didn't live in my neighborhood, was just there going through the neighborhood trying to drum up business for roof replacements. He had no connection to me whatsoever. And the guy that gave me the prophecy didn't send him because they were from Racine, Wisconsin. I was in Chicago. And my, and my house is in the south suburbs of Chicago, about 30 miles outside of Chicago. I said, oh my God. See, in my mind, I thought that when he said I was going to sign a contract, I put that in the context of what I understood about contracts what it's going to be in my business one of my excuse me one of my businesses it's going to be it's going to come that way either through my social service agency or through my book my publishing company and because I didn't see it because I saw it through the lens of my own understanding I fulfilled the prophecy and while I was fulfilling it I didn't even realize I was fulfilling the very prophecy that the man had gave me three days earlier ladies and gentlemen because I looked for the prophecy to be fulfilled a certain way and because I looked for the prophecy to be fulfilled a certain way while I was in the very act of fulfilling the prophecy I didn't even 
see it myself. Now, if I'm lying, I'm flying. I have no reason to lie to you. I'm not a person out here asking for money for you to give me money. You've never heard me ask for money. I never ask for money. In any of my ministries, on my radio broadcast, I never ask for money. Why? Because God has given us the ability and the means to be able to do this. And I don't put price tags on stuff. I didn't ask for it. I, I, I didn't I don't ask for stuff like that. I'm not trying to convince you of something so I can get in your pocket later. This happened to me. But my mistake was I put the prophecies together after getting them and in my own mind I spun it around how I thought it was going to happen. And therefore, when it happened, I missed it. Ladies and gentlemen, this also applies to eschatology and the book of Revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been told all this time how to interpret through our theological constructs. So therefore, since we look at it a certain way, since we've got it, God so choreographed, we got him so mapped out, we've got God so scripted with our positions that things could be getting fulfilled right in our hearing and right in front of our face and we could miss it. This is very, very important. The reason why I, I bring this up In one of those trumpets, I believe it was the first or second trumpet, the Bible said a third of the trees was burnt up. Third of them. And I was thinking about last year in the United States, how we had all of these fires. Remember the town Paradise? Paradise literally turned into an inferno hell when it was burnt off the map. Some of the worst fires in American history, ladies and gentlemen. But not only in America, there was a raging fire in Russia. There was a raging fire in Australia. There were fires in Europe. There were fires all over the place. Now, I'm not saying that the, the first angel has already sounded. Who am I? I'm not qualified to tell you that. That's what this is. But ladies and gentlemen, the way we have been scripted 
in our understanding of prophecy, we've been told that all of this stuff is going to be rapid fire that's going to happen during this seven year period and, and, and all of this stuff and it's going to go like this and, and, and all of a sudden when the trumpet blow all the trees are just going to light on fire one time all over the world at three but what if it's not like that what if the prophecy is fulfilled but it's not how we put it together and it could be happening in the aggregate over a period of time and so when it's being fulfilled, we don't even realize it's being fulfilled because we've got it scripted in our mind that this is how it's going to be. And this is how human beings miss prophetic fulfillment. Now, some things you can't miss, but other ones you could walk right back them that's how they did Jesus Christ ladies and gentlemen he had been prophesied all through the Old Testament and yet when he was here they missed him the Bible said the world was made by him and the world knew him not the Bible said he came unto his own and his own received him not they said, we will not have this man rule over us. He was not our king. Give us Barabbas. And you take him. Give us a, 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 a riotous lying thief. We'll take him instead of him. It's what his people did to him. They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. The Bible says, had the princes of this world knew, they would have never crucified him. Do you know God can fulfill something right in front of your face and you not even know it just happened? And you look back and go, oh my God, just like I did. The words I just spoke to you are truth. And I speak them in Jesus' name. That happened to me. And the second part of that prophecy said God is going to bless you financially. It's going to be big. A few months later, we wrote for our contracts with the Department of Child Services in, in Indiana. We got many, many contracts agencies long-standing agencies did not get their contracts and many people had to shift over to our agency and in one day we expanded four times our heads were spinning it happened so fast We've been in business almost 20 years. We've never seen nothing like this. So ladies and gentlemen, I boast in the Lord because this is true. I lie not. Now, 
I think part of the problem with people's anxiety and over the in order to get over revelation the book of revelation anxiety i think we've been doing this kind of wrong what have we been doing wrong well i'm gonna show you what we've been doing wrong let's just read from Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. This is what John said. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw hold the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I'm reading for the NIV. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor mourning, nor crying, nor pain for the for the old order of things has passed away. Now, I just want you to stop right here before I start shouting. You see, I think we may have been approaching Revelation the wrong way. You know, some of the best movies that I've seen show you the end, parts of the end, from the beginning, and then they work you through the movie so it makes the end that much better. This is why God in his awesome wisdom and mercy and power writes the end from the beginning. That's why he does that. He writes the end for the beginning. Listen to what he's saying. He will wipe away. Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear. I want you to listen to that. Think about the children that you have lost that you have cried for. Think about the parents you've lost that you've 
cried for. Think about the worst things that happened to you. If African Americans, the lynchings that we went through, the house burnings and the cross burning and all of the things we went through, people from Europe, the persecution that they went through, Native Americans, the slaughters that you went through, and the Jewish people, the Holocaust and all of that, and all the people in Africa who have suffered oppression and abuse and all of these things. Just think about all of the pain and anguish that you have had down through the years and throughout our history. God said he's going to wipe all them tears away. In other words, you're going to forget your pain. You have cried over your child. You have cried over your mama. You have cried over your daddy. But if they were saved, they are in a place where you are going to see them again. And when you see them again, you're not going to be crying no more because God is going to settle all accounts. And he's going to take and wipe away everything. Here. There will be no more pain. There will be no more death. He said the order, the, the, the order of the old things has passed away. He's done away with it. He's abolished death. He's already abolished death. We just haven't got to the point to where we that comes to full manifestation. Listen to this. Verse number five. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly and the unbelieving and the vile and the murderers and the sexually immoral and those that practice magic arts and the idolaters and all liars will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur which is the second death verse number nine and one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the last seven plays came and said to me come I will show you the bride and the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit into a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God. And it shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper as clear crystal. And it had a great high wall with 12 gates and, the twi- and, and with 12 angels at the gates. And on the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel there were three gates on the east there were three gates on the north three on the south and three on the west and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them was written the name of the 12 apostles of the lamb oh glory to God it's only 12 apostles not not 250 not 300 not a thousand I know you got a lot of people that call themselves apostle today but no you not like these 12 
God honors them special. I've even, I, I know one guy right now who calls himself the chief apostle. I'm going like, oh my God, people in their titles. Are you kidding me? The 12 apostles. Verse 15. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod. He said, measure, measure the city and its gates and its walls. And the city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. And he measured the city with a rod and the foundation of it was 12,000 stadia in length. 12,000 stadia is about 1,400 miles. Okay. 1400 miles that in, in, in uh, kilometers that is uh, 2200 kilometers in length glory to God and the wall was made just check out this ladies and gentlemen and the wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold is pure as glass and the foundations of the city of the walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone the first foundation was jasper the second foundation was sapphire the third was agate and the fourth was emerald the fifth was onyx the sixth was ruby the seventh was crystallite the eighth was beryl the ninth was topaz the tenth was turquoise and the eleventh janeth and the twelfth amethyst and uh, and the twelve gates were twelve Pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. Let me just be a little facetious there, but God got some big oysters in heaven because the gate itself was made from one single pearl. I'm just being facetious, ladies and gentlemen. God can make a pearl without an oyster, trust me. Glory to God. He he just let the oysters do it right now. But imagine how beautiful that is. And the great city was and the street of the city was gold as pure as transparent glass. Glory to God. He says, I did not see a temple, verse 22, in the city. Because the Lord Almighty, God Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. Now let's just put a footnote here. Ladies and gentlemen, we go to a place called church. The Jews will build a place called temple. But God told them a long time ago, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What kind of place are you going to make me? He accommodated us in an anthropomorphic sense and allowed us to build a place we call a temple. Glory to God. There wasn't, ain't going to be no temple in a new heaven. God himself is the temple. Listen to what it says. And the city does not need the sun nor moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. And the nations will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And on no day will its gates ever be shut. And there will be no night there. No night, ladies and gentlemen. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought to it. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Nor will anyone that does what is shameful or deceitful. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of 
of life now listen to this ladies and gentlemen we are getting a panoramic view of heaven i want you to think about it the bible says this place is a square it is just as wide as it is high glory to god so that means it could be a big pyramid or a gigantic square but whatever it is it is 12 1400 miles on the west 1400 miles on the east 1400 miles on the south 1400 miles on the north and it is just as high as it is wide so the city is not only a square of 14 a square 1400 miles but it is also that high we are talking about a three-dimensional city. I want you to think about wherever you are at right now. Think in, in, in Chicago, we have what is used to be called the Willis Tower. Somebody else done bought it, I think. Now, now it got another name. Glory to God, they changed the name to this building. But it's 110 stories. And it has an observation deck called the, uh, the ledge where you can step out. And it's a clear. And you can look down, step out in this clear glass. And, and you can go out. And it's, it's a real trip. Yeah, it's a real optical thing. You be scared to step out on it but I want you to think about that that's one spire that's one sphere that's one building but imagine the entire city of Chicago not only being spread out wide like a city but imagine if the city had a hundred and ten levels to it ladies and gentlemen imagine if New York was a city that had a hundred and ten levels not only was it square miles wide and two-dimensional but it had a third dimension where it was just as high as it was wide that's how heaven's gonna be so this is why ladies and gentlemen the streets are made of gold transparent gold and all of those jewels all of those gems the jasper the onyx the emerald the rubies all of these beautiful beautiful stones with a city that's made of transparent gold but why do the streets need to be transparent because the city has different levels and guess what there doesn't need to be any sun because all of the light comes from God himself in a city to where the glory of God and the light of God and the brilliance of God is refracting through the transparent gold streets and hitting them diamonds and rubies and pearls and onyx and bouncing and refracting with beauty that is beyond human comprehension. It's beyond our comprehension. John is describing something to us that is so beautiful it can't be put in words and I want you to think about this God's gonna reorder the universe to where we don't even need right now the earth is in a solar system where planets rotate our own rotation around the sun. The earth spins at 1,000 miles an hour, but it is moving through space at 64,000 miles an hour. Our planet is moving three times the speed 
blade of a bullet. A bullet moves at 17,000 miles an hour. The earth is moving at 64,000 miles an hour, spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, flinging around the sun. Takes it one year to get around the sun, ladies and gentlemen. We won't have none of that. The, The new earth won't even have an ocean on it. There will be no need for the sun. So that means the universe, the solar system as we know it, it gets reordered. Beyond beauty, beyond what we could ever think of. Now the reason why I read all this to you, it's important ladies and gentlemen. Because now... Glory to God. Listen to this. Revelation 22. I'm getting excited now. Then the angel showed me. Revelation 22. 1, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. It's clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> the tree of life was going to be in this city. This is why when people talk about God is trying to take us back to Eden. That is crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Earth don't have nothing to compare with this. This is much better than what Adam knew. God is not taking us back to no Eden. The only thing from Eden that's going to be there is the tree of life. This is going to be a city that is off the chain on an earth that's been reordered and a universe that's been reordered to accommodate the righteousness and the glory of God in a world without end. Glory to God. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the laces no longer will there be any curse the throne of God and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads there will be no more night they will not need the lamp of a lamp nor the light of the sun for the Lord will give them light and they will reign forever and ever and the angel said to me these words are trustworthy and true the Lord the God who inspires the prophets sent his angel to show his servants that things which must soon take place glory to God glory glory to God and this is what the Lord says look I am coming soon blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy written in this scroll This is why we should read the book of Revelation. This is why we should study. This is why we should know it. Whether we are the generation that's here when a lot of these things in Revelation happen, that's besides the point. The point is we going to be with him. We are going to be with God. We are going to be in a city so beautiful. And guess what? When you in that city, 
You'll be there if you save. You're going to be there. You'll be there. You were there at the cross. Didn't you know you were there? Then what then were your sins Jesus died for? You were there. <laughs> You're going to be there for this. Ladies and gentlemen. You are going to be there. So now. After. We get a good look at the end. Now. Let's go back to Revelation. And the other stuff that's written in the book. Now it's not so foreboding. Now it's not so fearful. When you know what's coming. This is, let, me, let me just let, let, let me just drop this on you. So that you will know it. Hebrews. Glory to God. Chapter 13. Glory to God. Chapter 12, brother. Listen to what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's, listen ladies and gentlemen. No matter what we go through, no matter what happens in the book of Revelation, no matter what happens with the beast, no matter what happens with the Antichrist, no matter what happens with any of that, you already read the end. You are going to be in a golden city. Jesus said for the joy that was set before him, he endured those things. This is the message for the church. COVID-19 is just the beginning of sorrows. There's going to be some hard times coming, but you got to understand this one thing. What God promises was going to happen in the end. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Now, the last leg of our lesson. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 14. I want to read about the three angels of Revelation 14. This is interesting. Three angels have three messages to give to the world. And they're powerful, powerful messages glory to God verse number 6 Revelation 14 then I saw another angel flying in midair and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth to every nation tribe language and people 
And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of judgment is come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Now listen to this message, ladies and gentlemen. Here in Revelation, it says an angel makes an announcement to the earth. I, I don't know what that means other than what it says. I can't imagine such a sight. I can't imagine how people will hear this. Is it going to be an angel flying with, it says with a loud voice? I mean, we got to take it for what it means. But he preaches the eternal gospel to the world because it's God's last appeal. It's his last one. The trumpets have already happened. The bowls haven't started yet. Where his wrath is poured out. So this is kind of like an interlude. What God is about to pour out his wrath. So what he does. Mercy is still open at this point. Mercy is still open. Because he going to send an angel to do it. But that's not strange. You know why it's not strange? Because it was an angel who brought the Ten Commandments. That's right. It was the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is the Lord in angelic form, but it's still an angelic form. Angel of the Lord did that. That's why in the book of Hebrews it said, if the word of angels brought death, how much more he was talking going back to the law of Moses. Glory to God. And so, uh, you got an angel doing it. As a matter of fact, let me find the scripture in Acts. I want to quote something to you. In Acts 7.30, this is Stephen's testimony before the Sanhedrin. He's, he's given Israel the rundown, but listen to what he says. And when the 40 years were expired, there appeared to him, talking about Moses, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord in the flame of the fire in a bush. Okay, and when Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight and he drew near to it. And behold, the voice of the Lord came to him saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst, durst not behold. Then the Lord said to him, put off thy shoes. Then uh, uh, going down to verse 35, this Moses whom they refused saying, who made thee ruler and judge, the same did God send to be the ruler 
ruler and delivered us by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. You see how you see how, uh, uh, as he's as Stephen is giving his testimony, he keeps referring to the angel. Glory to God. Verse number thirty-seven. This is what it says. And and this is. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a, a prophet shall the Lord your God rise up to you of your brethren like me, him ye shall serve. It, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him on Mount Sinai. Now I keep bringing that up because we see sometimes angels bring the word of God. Sometimes that's who God used to do it. So it's no wonder that in the book of the Revelation, glory to God, we have an angel now once again who brings the everlasting gospel. You know why? Because all stuff is about to break loose on the earth. All of the other stuff was just warm up. That was listen, the trumpets are just the play the the uh the, the, the trumpets are just the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. They intense, but they only hit one third. One third of stuff. Just like the coronavirus. I'm not saying that the coronavirus is one of the trumpets. I'm not saying that. Please don't say Dr. Wood said that the, the, the coronavirus was the fifth trumpet. I did not say that. I am saying to you that the trumpets is just the playoff. Listen, this is what I mean. Glory to God. In a, anybody that follows the basketball season, you got the regular season. That's the 85 games they play, however many games they play, the 85 games. Then they go to the playoffs. When you go to the playoffs, the intensity. Everybody gets eliminated. The intensity. But the playoffs is not the championship. But it's more, it's, 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 more, it's, it's stepped up, but it ain't the ultimate. Okay? So now the trumpets is just the playoffs. The playoffs is only hitting one third of stuff. One third of this, one third of that, one third of this. Glory to God. But now, like we had the coronavirus, one third of the world's population. So it's quarantine. One third of the deaths on the planet Earth are in America. <laughs> one third of the infections on the planet Earth are in America. One third. We only make up 4.5% of the world's population, yet we get one third of the infections and one third of the deaths. If the, if the coronavirus is judgment, we're getting it worse than anybody else. Churches shut down and everything. God said, I don't, I, I, you know what, church, listen, churches are important to us. That's not a big thing to God. We're the body of Christ. God ain't saving no buildings. I'm not saying the gathering together of the saints is not important. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the things, our institutions, the things we build, the things that man does, we put a lot of emphasis in. That's not big to God. Man look on the outside of stuff. We're the ones who boast in our mega churches and all that. God said, I'll shut all that down. Keep all y'all butts at home. In the first few hundred years, ladies and gentlemen, do you know what people went through? They didn't have mega churches. Folks were hiding and worshiping God. 
They had churches and houses. They met wherever they could. Man. There were prices on a lot of these people's head. Let me let me let me read to you from uh, Hebrews. Glory to God. From Hebrews chapter number eleven. I want you to get this. Get this in your spirit. And get out of this mamby pamby Christian stuff. We ain't gonna go through nothing stuff. Get out of that. Jesus said, if you not, will not pick up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. He said, he who sa- seeks to save his life is going to lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will save it. Glory to God. He told the people at the church of Smyrna, he said, Satan is going to throw some of y'all in a prison. He said, but be faithful to the death and I'll give you the crown of life. He wasn't getting all them people out of de- He wasn't stopping these people from dying. Jesus died. But see, when you know the end, you know the golden city. You know to be absent with the body, the absent with the, the absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You can then be like Paul, who's about to get his head cut off, but he wasn't tripping. He wasn't going, oh God, oh, it's time for me to die. Paul said, no, the time for my departure, not my death, not my execution, a time for my departure. I'm about to leave the earth realm. He said, look, I'm caught between the two, whether to stay here with you Galatians or to depart, which is far better. Paul understood that. He said, but for you Galatians, it's better if I stay. Paul said, I can get up out of here now. They can come kill me now. He said, but for you Galatians, I'll just, I'll wait here. It's better that y'all are for you that I stay. But he said, it's far better for me to depart. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus, another thing Jesus said, you bet not fit a person who got power over the body. You better fear the one who got power to body and then after that, throw your soul into hell. The worst thing that can happen to any human being is the second death. The worst thing in Revelation is not the bowls, it's not the trumpets, it's not the seals. That ain't the worst thing. The worst thing in the book of Revelation is the second death where people burn in the lake of sulfur forever and ever with no rest day or night. The, the, the last half of Daniel 7 that's only three and a half years you talking about burning forever there's no comparison the far worse thing is the second death far worse that's why those of you go back and read my do my I, I did two a two part series on 310 talking about Revelation 310 talking about the promise that was made to the church of Philadelphia God wasn't making no veiled uh, 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 superficial promise to them he said I will keep you from the hour of trial to come to try the whole world he said I'm gonna keep you from that he wasn't talking he wasn't talking past them he was making them a promise it applies to us, but he was making them a promise. He said, I'm going to keep you from that hour. Pre-trib said, oh, that's the tribulation. No, it ain't. It's the second death. The second death is far worse than the tribulation. The worst thing in the uh, revelation is the second death. By comparison, there's nothing more worse, uh, worse than that. Now, the worst thing that ever happens on earth to humans is the tribulation, the time that's never been since there was a nation nor should they ever be. That part is true when it comes to being anthropomorphic, when it comes down to our level, but at God's level, by no means is the tribulation the worst thing. The worst thing is to be thrown off in the lake of fire forever. Not three and a half years, not 42 months, not 1260 days, not seven years. That's intently winks. But listen to what happened in 
Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 35, it says, Women received their dead raised again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Stop right there. Listen to what that just said. Listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. People were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They were like, no, go ahead and kill me. No, you ain't about to mess my resurrection status up. Go on and cut, cut a leg off, cut an arm off. Torture me, burn me. I don't care. If I got a choice not to get out of this fire, I won't take it. That's what they did with a the polycarp. They said, polycarp, we like you, man. Come on, you the Bishop Samarna. You've been living a long time. We like you. You a good guy. You don't even send us like good people sometimes. You know, if you a good guy, you a good guy. So Bishop Polycarp was a good guy. They said, come on, Polycarp. Go on and just denounce him. Then you can keep living. You know, talk about it with your grandkids, all that stuff. Polycarp said, 86 years ago, God has been good to me. How can I now turn my back on him? Jesus Christ is Lord, not Caesar. They set the man on fire. He said, bring it on. The Christians got that mindset today? No. They too interested in not going through nothing. They've been told, hey, we're going to be raptured away, we're going to be gone, and the church ain't mentioned. They make stupid statements like the word church isn't found in Revelation. But they forget to tell you, well, the word church isn't found in First uh, 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 Peter, Second Peter, Titus. Now, those of you who got a King James version of the Bible, don't be good saying Dr. Woods is in First Peter because it really ain't because the word church there, that church that's at Babylon, is in italics. That means it's not in the original manuscripts. It's not in First Peter. It's not in Second Peter. It's not in Titus. It's not in Second Timothy. It's not in First John nor Second John. The word church is not mentioned. Of course, they never tell you that part. So we're going to say those don't apply to the church. It's just a dumb argument. But anyway, let me get back to where I was. All right. So, women received their dead raised again, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of, of cruel mockings and scourgings. Moreover, the bonds of imprisonment, they were stoned. They were sawn asunder or cut in half with saws. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Look at what Christians have gone through, ladies and gentlemen. Then verse 38 says, of whom the world was not worthy. The Bible is saying that world was not even worthy of these people. That's how much faith they had. They wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Now listen to what this last verse really is something, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 38. Let me, let me get this in. Uh, uh, I like it in the King James. It says, of whom the world was not Worthy, they wandered in the deserts and in the mountain and dens and caves of the earth. It's one one version that says it that it is so powerful. Yeah, listen to this in the NIV. Listen how it says: the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and in the mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. Listen to that. 
This is what Christians had to go through. Believers, they were living in caves. They had to run for their lives. They had to go in the wilderness. They had to go out in the desert. John the Baptist lived in the wilderness. He wore, he didn't wear regular clothes. He wore camel's hair. That's what they were saying. Goat skins. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't the clothing of rich. That was a, the clothing of someone that was of a homeless person. John the Baptist didn't eat regular food. He ate wild locusts and honey. His, his diet was grasshoppers. They wandered in the desert, in the mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. The Bible says they, the world was not even worthy of these people. You see how differently we see the righteous and how God sees the righteous. Look at these people. These people were not the ones in the shiny synagogues these were the ones who the world called them fools and scorned them but they had faith so strong said if you do catch me out here in the desert I still ain't going back on Jesus it's going to be the same way when Antichrist comes Christians are going to get persecuted they're going to have to run that's what Jesus says when you see the abomination of desolation if you're in Jerusalem you better run flee into the mountains that's what these people had to do they had to flee they ain't gonna kill everybody Antichrist ain't gonna catch everybody that's a lie everybody's not gonna get the mark of the beast that's not gonna happen ladies and gentlemen that's not gonna happen so in the first one because right before God pours his wrath out on the earth ladies and gentlemen he sends an angel to preach the gospel. That means mercy has not been shut off. Neither has grace been shut off at this point. Then there's another angel. The second angel. Verse number 8, 14, 8. A second angel follows saying, Fallen, fallen, Babylon the great is fallen, which made all the nations drink of the maddening wine of her adulteries. The announcement. Now, who is Babylon? Some say it's Rome. Some say it'll be the rebuilt Babylon. There's another Babylon coming. Somewhere over in Iraq, one day they might start rebuilding on that. That's, an, that's another subject we're going to have to do. The rebuilding of Babylon. But there's another theory that America is Babylon. Not held by a lot of people. You know, you still always hear the Rastafarians talking about it. Babylon, America to Babylon. We fit that description in a whole bunch of ways. Of course, I know I got a lot of my evangelical buddies would see it another way because they don't like to see they don't like to see the stars and stripes in a bad light. I understand. You don't. You better look at what's happening to America right now. We got one third of the world's death from this virus. One third of the world's infections from this virus. We live in a corrupt 
immoral society without question. You think God is jumping up and down and hand clapping? second angel said Babylon the great is fallen who it is I don't know I ain't sure I'm not going to tell you that I know I got some insight I know I said God spoke to me on said I haven't heard nothing about this one if I get something I'll let you know I don't know who that is but just like I said with prophecy stuff can be getting fulfilled right in front of your face and you not even see it you not even know you're fulfilling it God can come up on you on the side you know he's there you can't trace him but you can trust him trust that if he says it's coming to true you might not be able to trace it though you can't trace God God could be standing on your right hand he could be fulfilling stuff all around you moving stuff around you don't even see it you can't see it you're just a human it just so happens ladies and gentlemen that he loved you that's really what gives us the value he loved us the angels hate that especially the boy the fallen angels hate it those beings are far above us they fail no redemption well one of the reasons is they can't die see when God made humans he made us capable of dying that capability of dying was our escape clause from the penalty of sin because it's through death that God bought redemption oh that's a plan <laughs> the devil didn't see that one the devil wanted us tainted forever ladies and gentlemen that God wouldn't his image would be tainted but here's what Satan did not understand there was an out clause for man called death angels don't have that out clause they can't die so when they sin they stay locked in forever forever with no hope of redemption this is why the bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remission for sins that's why Jesus the lamb of God had to come and die and shed his blood through death Jesus didn't sin to die but he came to die that's what the devil didn't realize he thought he messed us up irreversibly and without the blood of Christ we would be irreversibly headed for the lake of fire so he sends his angel proclaim that gospel then that second angel comes and makes that announcement Babylon is fallen but then the third angel makes his announcement let's look at the third angel the third angel followed and said with a loud voice if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on their foreheads or on their hand they too will drink the wine of God's fury which is poured out full strength into the cup of his wrath they will be tormented with fire 
with burning sulfur in the presence of holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. And there will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image and for anyone who receives the mark of his name. Then verse number 12 says, This calls for patient endurance on the part of God's people who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Then after the angels speak, then the Holy Spirit kicks in. <laughs> Whoo, this is powerful. Verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. They will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Now that's the Holy Spirit saying that. Whose report will you believe? That's the question, ladies and gentlemen. The scripture that talks about do not get the mark of the beast, I want you to put this in context now. That's not just information that's in the Bible. That's John writing down what he heard an angel say to the earth because it's God's last appeal. It's his last one. How gracious God is. Even in the tribulation. This is how great God is. He's saying. Preach everlasting gospel. Angel number one. Announce the fall of Babylon. Whoever that is. Angel number two. Angel number three. You bet not get that mark. So now it's not an issue of people not knowing, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to know about Mark of the Beast because number one, you're going to have to confess him as God. Revelation chapter 13 tells you there's going to be the beast, there's going to be the false prophet, the false prophet is going to make the world worship the beast, they're going to make an image of the beast, bring the image of the beast to life, and the image of the beast will cause as many that would not worship the beast or receive his mark to be put to death. That's how that's going to go. So, with all of that going on, so that means people who get the mark of the beast are knowingly worshiping the devil. But they're knowingly worshiping the devil despite an angel declaring it. Don't get the mark. Y'all bet you who's on earth do not get the mark of the beast. We're telling you. We're, listen, we're not, we're not, we're not going to just rely on Bibles. We're not just going to rely on supposedly the 144 uh, Jewish evangelists. Everybody keeps calling them Jewish evangelists. The, the, the word evangelist is not even used with the 144,000. That, that's something that preacher made up. They're, 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 uh, there's nothing in Revelation that says those 144,000 are 
our evangelists. No, nothing that says that. Okay, they don't talk about them preaching, doing nothing. Being evangelist, it says nothing about that. But anyway, all right. So, so you you won't have to rely just on Bibles. You won't just have to rely on them. You won't have to be let just rely on anything. Now the Bible is telling you an angel gonna tell y'all. That's what Revelation fourteen, that piece about the mark of the beast. That's what that's all about. That's an angel doing that. That's an angel saying it. But then. To back up what the angels say, then the Holy Spirit kicks in. He said, this calls for patient endurance. The same patient endurance as we read about those saints in Hebrews chapter 11, who were cut in half, who were cut, who were stabbed with the sword, who were killed, who've been tortured, scourged, beat to death, cut in pieces, Chopped up, killed with the sword. See, look, we don't watch Ben Hur too many times. Killed with the sword don't mean just all oh, run you through one one time. That means chop your butt up. They hacked you with swords, not just one little neat little oh, just one little run through, and you grab your little belly and you. No, they hack you up with swords. That's what they do. You get hacked with those things. It's a very brutal way to die. Stoning you to death. It's a very brutal way to die. That's how did Stephen die. Those don't be no little pebbles you find in people's rocks. Those, those be like those broken stones that were typically in the street. But all those big pieces, big, big pieces of rock. Where if one of them rocks hits you anywhere in your body, you hurt. It didn't take long to kill people or getting stoned to death. The only way that you last long is keep people keep missing you. <laughs> that's that's how you lived long. People can't throw. <laughs> but but I mean, if they, they, they if back in them days, people knew how to throw rocks. See, what that, that that was an art form. That was that was how they 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 they, they uh, did weapons back in them days. People were good at throwing rocks. We're not good at that today. We don't throw many rocks in America. We got guns, right? Back in them days, people knew how to feel. You could be running, they hit you in the back of the head running. Stone to death was bloody. Crush your skull, eyes knocked out, teeth knocked out, everything. Bones broken, bloody mess. This is what they went through. That's why the angel is saying here, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saint because there's some of us going to get killed by swords. There's going some of us going to be thrown into prisons. Some of us are going to have to flee into the mountains and live in holes and dens and live the best way we can. But all of a sudden, God is saying, if you go through this, if you go through this, we already read the last part of Revelation. You're going to be on them golden streets. That's why we went to Revelation 21 and 22. And that's how we should do Revelation. Start at the end. Read about what the end's going to be. Then when you deal with all this other stuff, you say, come on with it, Antichrist. You will have the same attitude as them people in Hebrews who refuse deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. We don't have that mindset today. And do we have that kind of mindset in the church? No, we don't have that kind of mindset. You know how many people would defect from the faith right now if their life and their jobs was on the line? Come on now. That's what it's going to be like. That's why the book of Revelation was written so this stuff didn't slip up on us. We, we have no excuse for not knowing the word. We have no excuse for being deceived by a COVID-19 
5G conspiracy therapy talking about the mark of the beast. You already supposed to know that before you get a, a beast, you have to have an abomination of desolation. There has to be a false prophet. There has to be the mark of the beast, the number. There has to be buy or sell you. People got to pledge. There's got to be a temple. See, you should know all this stuff. Why should you know it? Because your pastor should have been teaching you. Stuff's been in the Bible. Now when stuff happens, people run around with their chickens with their head cut off. And the church is still here. The church is going to see a lot of stuff. Y'all watch. Wait, wait and see. I'm not a prophet of gloom. I'm just telling you. I'm not a prophet at all. I'm just telling you a lot of times we're looking for fulfillment to come another way. Stuff can be getting fulfilled right in front of our eyes and we don't even see it. Even though it was told to you. That's what God told Habakkuk. Let me tell you, and I'm going to close with this. Glory to God. Habakkuk is famous because Paul uses it and Martin Luther uses it. The just shall live by faith. Oh, glory to God. That's a great scripture. Great passage. But uh, listen to this. This is what he says. Glory to God. I like how it says it in King James. As soon as my computer stops tripping here. Okay, there it goes. King James, Habakkuk. He says, Behold, of Habakkuk 1.5. He says, Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. He says, For I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe though it be told to you. God said, I'm going to do something so great in your days, you won't even believe it, though it be told to you. You still won't believe it. You still won't see it. You still ain't going to comprehend it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living at very interesting times. This is the time to be looking towards the sky. What I mean by that is figuratively. Jesus said, when you begin to see all these things happen, Look up, your redemption grows now. There's going to be hard times coming. There's always been hard times for Christians. Glory to God. Some people are more conditioned to suffer than other ones. In that sense, people that have been through, like African Americans here in America, Native Americans, people that have suffered under brutal regimes, we, 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 we kind of already can move in and out of adversity because we've been forced to live through it. There's been others who haven't tasted that. I don't know what they're going to do. And so that's why many people's hope is in a false hope on the doctrine that's saying, y'all ain't going to be here, we're going to be gone. Listen. My time is just about up. I told you I would do less than two hours. I'm at one hour and 41 minutes. Listen, I'm Dr. Dennis James Woods. I'm not a prophet. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a lot of things. But just a man that has a passion to make sure you guys understand the things that are coming on this world. I know it's popular. I know pre-trib got so many people. Look, they won't even look at the book of Revelation because they just foregone conclusion. Oh, we're gone. 
They got God so scripted, they know what he going to do. They know this, they know that. How it's just how it's going to go down, just because they read the book of Revelation. I understand that, I got it. But how things are written in the book, and how they're fulfilled, and how, we un how it all comes together, that's still a mystery. God can tell you something is going to happen. And just like that prophet told me, in three days you were signing a contract, I was doing it and didn't even realize I was fulfilling the prophecy. God can slip up on you in such a way that way you're doing exactly what he said you was going to do and you don't even know you're doing it. We think, we understand how all this stuff's going to come by. We don't know. Don't let no man tell you that he knows. When we all prayed in, there were revelers partying on January 1st and there were Christians praying on January 1st. I was one of the ones that was praying. But no one saw in a few short weeks that, that hundreds of thousands around the world would be dead. In a few weeks from an unseen new virus and that in six to eight weeks more people would be dead in America than died in 10 years of the Vietnam War. In just a few weeks. Who would have thought that? This is why we all have to get into the Word of God and know what's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dr. Dennis James Woods. And you have just joined the Revelation Revolution. We'll see you the next time. God bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name.